Welcome to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast for anyone looking to stop letting life get in the way and start crushing bold goals. I'm your host, Sarah Mayer, and I'm thrilled to navigate this journey with you because it's time to start boldly achieving without working double time. So let's dive in. Hello, Bold Goal Crushers. I am super excited for this episode of the podcast. I think you are really going to enjoy the conversation with Amanda, my guest today. So Amanda is a certified master performance coach who helps service-based entrepreneurs reach their full potential. And Amanda is a true coach's coach and is passionate about helping coaches and online service-based business owners get their clients massive results in order to grow a profitable coaching practice. She is the host of the Best Damn Coach podcast and runs the premier coaching program for coaches, Best Damn Coach. Amanda, I am so excited to talk with you today because I know our listeners are going to gain so much from you. Uh, Thank you. I'm so grateful to be with you today. And uh, yeah, I'm just excited to share anything I possibly can to help someone else be better. So yeah. And I would like to start off with your story because you shared with me that you were a teacher and you were making what, like $623. Was that a week or what was that? That was every other week, just to clarify. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and I will say in, in teaching world, that was like not completely full time when by the time I left, that was what we called three fifths. So it was basically thir- three quarters of the day. Um, but yeah, it was pretty disheartening at the time when I was getting those paychecks. Like, what am I doing? Yeah. And then where are you today? Yeah. So, I, I mean, I went through like, just to even take a back step through that. My yeah. first job ever was uh, as a coach. I was hired on with the local YMCA to coach basketball. So I had peewee mm-hmm. basketball, like five and six year olds, which was definitely kind of like herding cats. Yeah. Um, but I learned at that moment that there was something inside me that was just like a, of service and yeah. to, even to be able to like work with little, bo- they were all boys at the time and to see, to be able to give them feedback and teach mm-hmm. them something and then to see them celebrate their potential and their results was very electrifying to me. And I think that was just yeah. the domino that led, you know, my entire life to teaching and coaching in some capacity. So I ultimately dropped out of pre-med uh, mm-hmm. in college. Decided to go to grad school um, and get my degree in coaching and teaching. And then I taught for 10 years. And I thought I was like, you know, destined for that profession for forever until I just felt like this kind of restlessness inside of me once mm-hmm. I taught. I was like, there's definitely more here. I didn't really have the answers, um, but I just felt like I was just scratching the surface of my potential. And that felt achy and restless. Yeah. Like, ah, and I think I'm sure many of your listeners can. Um, can just relate to that feeling. And so we had our second child. And at that point, my husband was on the SWAT team. I was working days. He was working nights so that we didn't have to pay for childcare. The kids could be in our full, you know, and with us full time. And one of those last paychecks I ever remember getting, um, I, you know, I like to still get like the physical paycheck where you could like yeah, yeah. the perforated edges and I peeled it back and 
it was like $623. I remember that specific amount. And that was for two weeks worth of, of teaching. And that was after, of course, deductions and all the things that I was paying for. But I remember just like making that decision of like, this is not where we're not going to stay here. Like we've, we have too much inside of us to be mm-hmm. living this way. And so took a year sabbatical, you know, thinking that if I wanted to come back, I, I would be, I would have a job. And then literally stumbled into entrepreneurship and um, began growing my practice from the ground up. No, you know, as a teacher, we don't have marketing experience. We don't have sales. I'd, I'd never worked anything that required me to sell anything. Yeah. The um, kids just show up. <laughs> yeah. They just show up. You don't have to go find client leads anywhere, right? They're forced yeah. to they're your room, whether they, they like it or not. Um, but the one thing I did always have was, um, an understanding of human behavior mm-hmm. and a belief in people before they often believe in themselves. And that mm-hmm. lent itself, you know, really well to coaching. And so I'd had my own like, you know, health transformation. I'd been a fitness and health junkie pretty much my whole life, but I had several miscarriages, late-term miscarriages and trying to get pregnant. And I found myself in a body I like didn't even like I didn't recognize. And so through my own journey, I just became passionate about serving others. And so we grew that business to a, you know, a multi seven figure place. And I loved it. Um, and I love health and fitness, but what I really love realized was that I want to teach other coaches mm-hmm. and service-based leaders how to take results and be great at coaching and serving your people and use that as a strategy to grow their business. So it wasn't reliant on Facebook ads or weird marketing tactics, but it was really like, how do we lead with the servant's heart and take those results and multiply them? So it attracts more of the same. And so that's what I do today. I work with coaches, service-based leaders, helping them just be really amazing at the the art of, of coaching. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah. also my belief that like, everybody's a coach, even if you don't identify with those terms, like as business owners, we're coaching in some capacity. And so, yeah. um, that's kind of what I've stumbled in today. And I love your story. I mean, I think there are a lot of teachers out there that love everything they're doing about teaching and wish they could truly make more money doing that. But I love your story, how you were like, okay, this isn't where we're going to be. Like, we're we're not going to stay here. We're going to, we're going to move into something else. And you use that love of teaching and coaching to build your new business. Yeah. I think like obviously aligned with your mission and the title of your podcast, I think that was a misconception around goals that I had for the majority of my life is mm-hmm. I am a high achiever. I like, I'll do whatever it takes. I am a hard worker. I'm going to get the A, I'm going to get the hundred percent. I'm going to be the best. And so I feel like I spent a lot of my life setting goals and then chasing the actual goal. And while I did achieve them. I think I did it in like a muscling through kind of way. Yeah. And what I realized through entrepreneurship is that like goal setting is never about the actual goal, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Goal setting is about like who we have to embody and who we have to become in order to have the thing. Yeah. And entrepreneurship, I think is a gift for so many people to really like adopt that belief. Like the woman already making and running a multi seven figure business. I I've never been there right at that. I'd never even been a person not working for somebody else. And so I think a lot of the times we want to set goals and immediately our brain freaks out and is like, but I don't know how. And I was, and my clients, like, you're not supposed to, the fun becomes in asking yourself, but if I already did have this thing, 
right? Mm -hmm. If I did already leave my corporate job, then how would I behave, right? What would I do? What are the behaviors I'd have to adopt to have that thing? And I think that like has become such a freeing part of, yeah. of reaching goals is it's not attaining the thing. It's like literally changing your identity in the process and just seeing like who you can become over time. And now I look back at teaching and it was like, wow, that moment was so pivotal into finding that deeper understanding. Mm -hmm. You know, whenever we set those goals that are really, really big, and I like to call them bold goals, they there usually is that gap of where you are now and where you need to be. And I like to call this, unfortunately, quitter's valley, because yeah. that's the place where people will quit. Because if it's truly a bold goal, it shouldn't be easy and there should be a gap and there should be, as you mentioned, a transformation. And the reality is that most of the things we're trying to create, honestly, unless you're inventing something revolutionary, somebody else has done. So there are people out there that can help you, that can coach you, that can provide you that roadmap. And, but that's the reason a lot of people quit, as you mentioned, the, the they get in their head and they're like, well, I, I don't know how to do that. So I'll go back to doing this over here. That's really comfortable that I'm successful at and maybe not happy with, but at least I'm not in that discomfort zone. Yeah. And I'd even add, that's why many people don't even start is mm, yeah. because they think other people like had a blueprint laid out for them when they set a goal. And that's not the case either. No, mm -mm. they wandered around in the desert. We're in Arizona. So they wandered around in the desert without water, finding scorpions and yeah, yeah. then figured it out. It's true. It's very true. Yeah. So how did you find the courage to make that change? Like you're, you're married, like you went to your, your spouse and said, I, I don't want to keep getting this paycheck. Like, how did that go? It was literally an ordinary morning. And when I speak, it's part of my keynote often. It was like an ordinary morning. And I remember, you know, like he was scheduled to end his shift at 1 a.m., but often they were held over like for a hostage situation or some, you know, extreme situation. And I was due out the door by about 6.30 a.m. And there was often mornings like, you know, this point in particular that I remember where it was like, you know, I had a new baby, essentially a two-year-old, and I'm trying to do all the things as a mom. I've got like a nursing child, another one who wants like cartoons in the morning. And I'm trying to dress myself in this like body. And I just felt like it was like the hamster wheel that so many people, you know, feel. And I could hear the jiggling of the door as he's walking in. We're literally like quick kiss, high five, peace, like ships passing in the early morning. And I remember just pulling out of the driveway and it was almost like from a movie slow. It was like slow motion. Right. And I'm just seeing all of like my life pass me by feeling like there is no way. And that was the day that I came home and I told him like, we're not doing this anymore. Uh, he could go like work half a day of overtime to make up for my paycheck. So I knew we would figure something out. I did not have the answer at that moment mm -hmm. you know, whatsoever, but there is this piece to me, like going back, like I was an athlete my whole life. And I remember it was like um, junior year, I played basketball and I promise this story is relevant. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was a basketball player and I was fortunate to be like the main contributor of the team. And we were leading close to state finals and 
we were in a game against our competitor, super heated, probably very egoic. Um, mm-hmm. But I decided I was going to step in front of their like leading player, leading scorer and take a charge. And if you're not familiar with basketball, that's like you stand in front of somebody that's coming at you full speed. You crash to the floor in hopes that the foul will be on them and the, the change of possession will happen. And totally took the charge, did get called in my favor. But the consequence was I totally busted my wrist and broke my wrist in the middle mm. of the game. And it was devastating for me because here we are headed to the, you know, like state, we were a contender. We were like slated to be top four and I end up having to be in a cast and it's my right hand, which is my shooting hand. And so I have like, you know, you know, when you're a teenager and that's like your thing, like the world feels like it's ended at that point. And I'm still going to practice obviously to cheer on my team and fill in what roles I can, but about like within the first week, we're starting practice. And I see my coach coming like from across the gym and he's screaming my last name, which was Martin at the time, like Martin, Martin, come here. And he's like waving around this like book and I can't really tell what it is. And so I go over like, yeah, what's up coach? And he's like waving the book in my face. And he's like, you can play. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, the rules say you can play with a cast as long as it is not used as a weapon. (laughs) And I'm like, it's like, we just have to bubble wrap it. And I am thinking like all these limiting beliefs flood in, right? Because anytime there's a goal set that we yeah. think we can achieve, we have these beliefs that come in and surface, right? That's the fastest way to, to know your limitations is to do something or think about something scary. And I was like, of course, like, no way I can shoot with my left hand that well. A, what are my teammates going to think, right? Because somebody just took my spot and they're pretty excited about it. And I'm going to like come back and take like, well, can't play in a cast. <laughs> with your and bubble remember, wrap. <laughs> yeah, with my bubble wrap. And I remember at that point, like this was the internal dialogue eventually that came up as he was talking. And I was like, why not me? Like, why not me be the one to say yes to that? Like, why not me be willing to put myself in an uncomfortable situation and do something other people would not be willing to do? And so I said yes. And fast forward, I end up scoring like the game winning free throws with my non-dominant hand we go on like into the quarterfinals we lost but I think that learning for me was really important Mm -hmm. because it set the courage and the tone for a lot of the rest of my life because I think sometimes we can easily fall into this place and I still do it of like oh that's just for more intelligent people or strong Mm -hmm. people or people that have more connections or people that are willing like they're just like more risk takers and I think we can easily set foot into that. And that limits us and and limits the courage it takes um, mm-hmm. to do scary things in our lives. And that little piece has been kind of a something I've pulled along with me of my journey of like, why not me? Like, why yeah. is that for everyone else? And it's yeah. not for me. But that's yeah. why I like say I'm like, I'm not a unicorn. It's just like, why not me? Yeah. I love that. And and I love in your story when you're talking about like that, the ships passing in the night, you didn't have it all figured out. But you had the confidence to know that you would figure it out. Yeah. I, I don't know if you've ever read the book, which I always recommend to people, Happy Pocket Full of Money. Have you ever read that book? No, I need okay, to add well, that to my list. Add it to your list. It's fantastic. It's a very interesting blend of money mindset and spirituality and woo uh-huh. religion. Um, but there was a line that stood out for me and I share it and say it over and over. And that is um, 
the fastest way to increase your results is to increase your certainty. Mm, the fastest way to increase your results is to increase your certainty. Mm. Yes. And for me, it's like, I see this in my clients that I work mm -hmm. with all the time is we want to out strategy mm -hmm. like ourself and think like, oh, it's the strategy we need to change. And it's like, no, you just have to believe with certainty in your offer, in your mission, in your why, in your purpose, in your faith, like whatever the case is, because like a question I'll ask my, my coaches sometimes is like, well, like, do you believe in it enough that you would spend a thousand dollars a week on Facebook ads to it? And they're like, uh, I'm like, okay, well then you're not there. Like, yeah. We mm. want to get you there. And, yeah. and I think that's the place where we neglect sometimes. And that's actually like the most important part of business. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and how do you help people get there though? Um, so there, there's a formula that's actually research based that I love to remind clients of, and that is that confidence. So if you remember like science class, confidence equals self-belief times evidence. So on the reactance side, right, the things that we mix together would be self-belief and evidence. And on the product side, the equals is confidence. And so where a lot of people I think fall short is they get in a pattern in their life of collecting evidence against their results or not even mm. evidence. Well, I tried that once. Yeah. It didn't work. Yeah. And I'm like, tell me more. It didn't. My work. uncle Bob lost his business in 20, 2008. So probably can't yeah. do that. <laughs> yeah. Or even like more subtle is they host a workshop mm -hmm. for the first time and their evidence is only two people showed up. Mm -hmm. Instead of like two amazing people showed up, right? Yeah. We desensitized ourselves in this world because if you think about 10 people only viewed my stuff, I'm like, imagine if you were in a room with 10 people, you'd be freaking so excited, right? Yeah. If 10 pieces were live with you. And so I think step one is just really looking at what are the tactics and the tangible ways that we go out and we collect evidence for ourselves, whether that's mm -hmm. um, an album on your phone where every time you do something or you post something or a client sends you a message, you're like screenshotting it all and you create this pocket album or it's a pin board or it's just something as easy as inner dialogue, like, you know, reframing, like I just offered of it's not only two people, it's two people, right? Um, because as we increase the evidence mm -hmm. and so comes more confidence, right? And increase in belief. And um, that's just like a tangible way, right? There's a lot more yeah. tools. I would, I would use to teach someone, but that formula yeah. is really important. You know, I love that idea of an album on your phone at my last corporate job. I had an email box that was like really exciting emails. And I would go in there and like reread it like, Oh, you really helped me today. Or, you know, because of you, I was able to get a promotion, you know, all that stuff. But I think sometimes it's so easy to overlook those things because there's so many other things coming at you. So I love the idea of kind of having an album on your phone or a board on your wall or something like that to remind people of all the reasons why they truly have the ability to do great things and, and make an impact. Yeah. And I think even a step beyond that is those things Mm -hmm. And also be repurposed publicly, which, which is part of like the methodology yeah. that I teach inside um, the best damn coach is those are what I call informal testimonials. And in this day and age in business, this is mm -hmm. what people really want to see. Like yeah. we can do 
the canned, pretty looking formal testimonials all the time, but like, give me a real world snapshot or screenshot of somebody who um, unsolicited said like your coaching impacted them or your podcast mm-hmm. impacted them or whatever it is and store it in the highlights, right. On your, on your phone or share it in an email or put yeah. it on your website, because those are the things that really say like, she's legit. She's coaching real mm-hmm. humans. She's not asking for this. Um, mm-hmm. And it really, I think builds that, that trust and that um, authority. Yeah. Your yeah. And I would also add, tell it like a story. Like it's so much better to be like, I work with, I work with a lot of operations people, but even ops people, you can get them on a story. If I'm like, Oh, we converted 50% of the leads. They're like, what? But when I tell the story of we converted 50% of the leads that that person was going to throw away. Cause they said they've already worked them. That's a way better testimonial totally. than we converted 50% of the leads. I I love to help my people create case studies, right? The before, Mm -hmm. the during, the after. So we get this clear picture of what really happened. Yeah. And I want to go back to your idea or your comment about transformation, because I think so many times, you know, back to the two people were on a webinar. I remember the first time I did a webinar and had like five people. And Uh, mine was one. So I- Okay, there you go. I totally get it. Yeah. But I think so many times, you know, now I've had hundreds on webinar calls and I think so many times we forget where we came from and the journey that we've been on to get to where we're at. That transformation, you know, where you set the goal and we make the transformation and we achieve the goal and then it's like on to the next goal. How do you celebrate those goals and really, uh, cherish that transformation that takes place. Yeah, this is, I mean, I'm there with you. I think this is challenging too, when you have high achievers and you're, you know, onto the next thing consistently, it's had been a place like I've had to coach myself a lot. Um, I, I think a tangible practice, while it might feel cliche is like spending time in that celebration every single day and not just waiting for large, large milestones. So for me, a, like a non-negotiable part of my day is how I spend my morning. And it's, yeah. you know, it's in readings, it's in books, it's in, you know, if you have faith practice, um, but be, really being present with what's happening every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, journaling for me is like a, a, a huge piece, but sometimes it's something like as subtle as Wednesdays and Thursdays are my client facing days. So I coach all day, Wednesdays and Thursdays. And there's a lot that happens during that day. Like it's an emotional roller coaster at times, you know, doing a a lot of the work that I, that comes with this. Um, But like just closing my office door and just taking a hot minute to like celebrate the impact um, and the lives that you get to touch, you know, people trust you with a lot when you're a service-based business. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter if you're working operations, you know, like you get way more than just operations. It doesn't matter if you're cutting, yeah. hair, you get way more than just cutting hair. And so I think it's trying to create these small pockets where those celebrations are a regular part of who you are and what you do instead of waiting for like the large milestones to be hit consistently too. Yeah. And I think it's building that into your daily life, not waiting, like you mentioned, not waiting for, oh, well, I achieved that goal. It's here's the little steps that I was able to make. And I don't want to harp on those two people, but can you imagine if those two people heard you say, well, I only had two people show up, (laughs) you know, like 
Absolutely. Focus on the people who who did show up and you would be very grateful to have 10 or two people. Uh, But I think it's easy as high achievers and women to set goals and be like, I want to have 50 people. And then when two show up to be disappointed. So how do you help people handle that disappointment when they don't achieve their goals? Well, I think two things come to mind, actually, as you say this, I think it's important first to recognize that we have parts inside of us. We have the part that's like, you know, disappointed. And we have this because it, it drives us to do better. Yeah. Right? It drives us to wear hopefully the analytical cap and collect data. And then we have this part, you know, this, this contradictory part that's also like, okay, you did it. Like two people. Yay. You should be proud. Right. Yeah. And so whenever this is happening, and this is something I coach on all the time is like, understand that these parts actually want the greater purpose. They want your best interest in mind. And that's important to just realize we're always going to have that contrast and celebration and also discouraged feelings that can come. Um, But I do think a really important part is like looking at your own personal expectations versus reality curves, because Mm -hmm. this is where, to your point, you said it's something about like Twitter's alley. Quitter's Valley. Yeah. Oh, Quitter's Valley. That's what it was. Quitter's yeah. Valley. Um, yeah. I call the, the gap between what we think should happen, expe- the expectations versus the reality. I call that gap the land of the lost. Mm. And the reason being is, you know, I, I had a client, for instance, she is amazing and she held her first workshop and she had like something like, I think like 40 people sign up, which Ooh, I was wow. like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like you, you crushed it. Um, and then she ended up having something like 23 show up and then she had three conversions while on webinar. Yeah. I get a Voxer from her and she's like, ah, oh. I'm like, how'd it go? She's like, you know what? I'm just so disappointed. It like didn't go well. And I had this many people, you know, like only sign up. And so I got mm-hmm. just at first, like the three. And I was like, whoa, 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 pump the brakes. Let, like, can I get all of the numbers? Let's look at all of the numbers. And mm-hmm. then she gave me that feedback, something like 40 yeah. live over 20 conversion was three. And so then I had to do the math. I'm like, you had an over 50% show up rate, which if you don't know this, that's a really that's great huge. number. That's huge. Average show up 25%, maybe, I don't know. I feel like it's even dropping in this current market. I don't know, 25 to 35%. So I'm like, you're already almost double average. And then if we do the math, three out of that 22 or 23 is something like probably 15%. Like, I don't know what that, or 12%, just doing the math in my brain right now. Well, average conversion is like three to 5%. So she really tripled that and doubled that. And so I share all that to go back and say is that sometimes disappointment is based on feeling Mm. instead of disappointment being on data. And I think it's important that when you're a business owner, you can't you can't any longer live the belief that you're not a numbers person. Like yeah. successful people understand their numbers and understand how to like get their emotion out of the way. So if she would have hung out there, she would have been like, oh, I suck. And instead we're like, you crushed the averages. Like, how do we do more of this now? Yeah. Like you're doing a lot of things. Now we just need to get the attending uh, sign up number to 80. Cause that means you're going to have 45 and then you're going to have six to eight conversions. And so I think it's really important to just take a look at them. Yeah. And I love that idea of really making it numbers based because 
then you can take that disappointment a little bit down and and know what your numbers are. Like, I wish I had a spreadsheet. Maybe I could recreate this, but I wish I had a spreadsheet of like when I first started, what my numbers really were, because then I could celebrate that all day long. I just love this conversation about changing the way we think about what we're currently doing, our mindset to ensure that we truly are able to carry on through what I call Quitter's Valley and you call the land of the lost. (laughs) Um, So if somebody is like, oh my gosh, this Amanda, she's totally speaking my language. How would they work with you and maybe what could they expect? Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you are a coach or someone that would kind of identify as a mentor guide, then the Best Damn Coach is a great place to come join other impactful practitioners doing amazing work. And we work on the art of coaching and also the Mm -hmm. skill of entrepreneurship, because I think to be a great coach, you definitely need both. Um, And so they can find information on that program, which um, is evergreen enrollment is um, at amanda-walker.com forward slash best damn coach. That's just a community of just really amazing people doing cool work. Mm -hmm. And then the other way I love to serve people is through VIP experiences. And so that could look like a one day in-person or virtual experience Mm -hmm. where we are doing amazing work together in um, you know, a shorter window of time in one day, and we can literally build a business from the ground up and, or, you know, really recreate or develop offering suites or build out coaching frameworks, mm-hmm. uh, really whatever is in somebody's, um, vision, we can bring it to life. And those are some of the ways right now that I love working with clients. Mm, I love it. And I love that idea of having a VIP day where you really get that customized, uh, example for what you're trying to build in your business. I yeah, think that goodies, there's lots of surprises, even if it's virtual. Um, so yeah, it's really fun. And you can head on over to my website and just book a call to talk more about that. Um, or Instagram is also a great place to connect to. Cool. And uh, my handle there is a walk my way. A walk my way. I love that too. That awesome. Oh, he came up with that? Yes, 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 he did long ago. I kind of wish I would have just called myself my self name in the beginning, but you you lessons learned. Yeah, cool. Well, I love that. Well, Amanda, it's been a great chat. And I know that many of our listeners are out there thinking about where they want to be in life for the future. And I think you truly have dropped some really great nuggets on how to change where you're currently at and become what you wish to be. Well, thank you. It's been a blast. I love your questions. And I feel like we're so close. We have to meet for coffee or something and meet. Oh, definitely. Yes. Yes. So for those of you listening, she's very close to where I live and we definitely need to meet up. I think it'd be great. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Awesome. All right, Bold Goal Crushers. It's time to get out there and crush your goals and everything that gets in the way without working double time because life is more than checking email. So let's get to it. Thank you for tuning in to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast where we crush goals and everything that gets in the way. I always love to support my community. So feel free to text the word goal to 480-530-5368. Again, 480-530-5368 and the word goal. And then tell me all about your goals and dreams. 
Thanks for tuning in. I look forward to seeing you crush your goals this year.